Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast, episode number 110. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD, probably pre-COVID, to talk everything Essendon Football Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, year 2020, Essendon Football Club is over. No, uh, no good. It's, it's just, <laughs> just no good. In a weird way, a little bit of a sense of relief in some ways. Though yeah. I, w- I do love my football and I generally will miss it. Uh, but uh, the last, I guess the second half of this year hasn't been the funnest being a fan and it probably hasn't been fun being a player or a staff member. So I understand all that. So... Look, we're, tonight we're going to cover the Crichton medal uh, in the first segment. We're going to have a bit of a, a kind of an overview of 2020. We are going to do a show probably later this week or next week uh, that's more of like a player review kind of show and we'll go through and sort of do a review of each player. Uh, so that, that will be coming up. Uh, but this one, yeah, is really Crichton uh, overview and we'll talk a little bit trades and drafts and, and all the rumours going around. So... Grantus, uh, we won't cover the Melbourne clash. That's no, that's no, mate, that's <laughs> not in anyone's interest. We'll, we'll look. Here's my ten second review. Really bad two and a half quarters. Eight <laughs> eight minutes and thirty four seconds of good play in the last quarter, followed by five minutes at the end where we didn't do so good and we lost by twenty. And that was the that's our review. So yeah, that's it. We lost stats. We we didn't <laughs> play well, and that's all we want to say about that. Yes. So. Um, uh, but first off, obviously the Crichton medal um, uh, was last night. It was actually during the day, but they, it was a, a replayed last night to fans. Uh, For those that potentially may not know what that is, Scotty, what is it? The what? The Crichton? Yeah. Oh, is the best and fairest. There we go. Western football club. So, uh, and look, obviously with our show, we've talked about a genuine positive this year and nearly every game we've gone, oh my goodness, how good is this player? And to have a uh, a twenty five game player win the Crichton Medal and Jordan Ridley was uh, just it actually cheered me up quite a lot because uh, it it just it felt like the right call too. In if I'm, if I'm being honest, uh, I know everyone has their favourites and and Merritt obviously and McGrath and Sard all had sort of rightful claims to 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 be um, nominated as favourites. For me personally. On decision making, on on ball use, on reliability, on on every, consistency, uh, intercept marking, defense. I had Jordan really as the as the most effective player that we that we produced this year, and and um, all credit to him because he'd only played what seven or so games or nine games or something like that at the start of the year. <laughs> so it was meant to be a development kind of year, but he's won the Crichton. Incredibly. Uh... In com- incredibly composed kid. He he has served his time in the twos. He's been given a little taste worth of nine games to to come along, but to be jumping in the front of packs and taking marks in front of big packs of dirty great big forwards and the like, and and getting those marks, then making even better than that, like veteran good decisions in the back line. And then having probably close to the best right boot at the club um, is a potent mix. So he's yep. his arms have uh, he's got long arms. He's a he's a good leap. He's good timing. Um, we we Scotty and I mate, we claim Jordan Ridley. We saw especially <laughs> yeah. Scotty saw this kid when he first started, and 
he said the when Scotty says this to me, it generally means something because it's been true. Um, is that whenever Scotty saw him in the one in the twos a couple of times, he would say to me, Oh, oh, he did that thing, Grant. He did that thing. I, I saw him do this thing off halfback that you just know he's gonna be special. So we we saw him ages ago and thought there's a there's a kid we could um we could do something with. And for him to come out and beat I mean, I know it was been a it's been a PWO year, um, but to beat McGrath and to beat Zeret is a really big deal, especially when you're down back. You don't get as many possessions as those guys. You're not in front of everybody's eyes as much as they are. So, a massive congratulations to Jordan because he he bloody well earned that. Exactly, and and the one thing I think that Essendon fans love is just the calmness about him. Just that you you. You you're not tense when he has the ball. He no. he just sees the game, sees the three or four decisions he can make, and he picks that right decision, distributes it, distributes the ball really well, uh, sets us up. Uh, and you know it, when we've been crying out for a player like that to have that kind of composure. So did you see him? Sorry to interrupt. Did you see him actually walk up to accept his Crichton medal? Yes. yes. Did you see how calm and casual <laughs> he was, just walking up for the. That's how he plays in the back line. Mm-hmm. Just very calm, understands what he needs to do, does what he needs to do, and he's the perfect kind of backman, really. So huge. And one of my favourite things about him is every time we've lost, um, I've always seen, uh, for some reason, there's always a, a video camera on him sitting down in the change rooms after a loss, and he looks devastated every time. Mm. Uh, and it tells me about... Even though there's calm, there's an there's an inner competitor that that hates losing, and, and you know, I it's something I'm going to talk about later on. But I think we've got a a, a very competitive young group, and, and I thought the Crichton Medal almost, you know, really showed that to everyone uh, because you have Zach Merritt, Zach Merritt, who's he came second, who's still quite young, and um, uh, he's what is he age twenty five, twenty six. Obviously, his his second half of the year was obviously very very good. He, he was mm. the Zach Merritt we know. Um, I think if Zach was honest with himself, he'd probably like to have a bit more polish um, on his ball use because I, I think he's we've probably missed that kind of first two or three years of Zach Merritt. Where he, for some reason he was a really reliable and gun kick, but it just hasn't hasn't quite come across the last one or two years. But but I think com- mate, it's yeah. also it's also got to do with. The this hurried game plan that we've got, like I, and I'm not going to rant. I'm not going to get stuck into it. But I think the likes of McGrath and and Zeret especially are uh, their first instinct is to handball. They they handball to little to somebody too close to them, and then they've got a and these dinky little handballs. And a lot of their kicks, we lamented it all through the season. A lot of their kicks are get the ball out of the middle and then just whack it on a boot. They they don't have time. They don't look to work their way out of a pack and get a clean kick out of a pack. It's just get your foot on the boot and kick it forward. So I'd, I wondered, I'd love to do the stats um, on whether or not what his field kicking looks like versus his kicks out of a pack, because I, I saw him a million times kicking over his shoulder or across his body out of a pack. And that has to contribute to your field goal percentage. I would have thought. Yeah. Um, it's very, very true, but Within that, you know, I mean, even in the last game, yeah, I think it's like nine or ten tackles. He's still a really good competitor. You always know what you're going to get with Zach. He's a fantastic uh, tackler. 
uh, very, very for someone who's quite light in size, uh, he he's actually got a quite a firm grip when he when he grabs you for a tackle. It's like him and Waller. I've, I've, like when they get you, they it they sticks. They really stick, don't they? Yeah, yeah. They don't bounce for little fellas. They don't bounce. They just they stick to you like glue. Either Waller's one of the best tacklers in the AFL. Yeah, I've, I've he's all... got that good arm. He doesn't sling into the ground or anything, but he's got that. He grabs at that arm and pins it to your body. So you you just. You can't do anything with it. Very impressive. So uh, it, coming in third was Adam Saad. Uh, obviously, a very, very talked, very highly talked about play this week for many reasons, but uh, he had a fantastic year. He was probably halfway through the year my Crichton leader uh, and maybe just the war of attrition because he does so many one percenters and, and, and dives across backs and that maybe his body was just a little bit getting a little bit more tired as, as a year went on. But he he served the club so well this year. He did everything possible to help us win games. Uh, he's won. Did I hear a stat, something that he's he's missed one game in four years? Oh, I don't know. I haven't seen that stat, but you, you might Yeah, no, you I, might, you I, might But he's, right. he's been incredibly durable for us and has moved from a, a, a running halfback to a lockdown halfback. He's been everything for this club. He's brilliant. Yeah, he just a sensational year. And look, income fourth, and this is probably a little bit more when you saw, when I talked to you probably about two years ago about Jordan. Really, probably three years ago, I was talking about Kyle Langford, um, yeah, and saying this guy will end up being a good player. And and you know, even I had my doubts sometimes, um, but it was fantastic to see him get uh, fourth spot. I, I really believe this guy um, plays off confidence and continuity, and and to get nearly every game played uh, this year and to have a fourth place, well, he'll be in such a good headspace coming into mm. next year. And, you know, he's one, Absolutely. he's one best club man, club man, club man, club man, he's like a superhero. Club, club man. <laughs> it's club man. <laughs> uh, best club man. Uh, so, you know, and we all saw the, the video um, during the week with the, with the cancer challenge. Um, terrific, terrific guy. Um, and people that you want at the club. So, um, yeah, all, all credit to Cole. Uh, he he did Instagram about uh, an hour ago, uh, which was a very positive Instagram if you're wondering where his contract status is because he's talking about how he's so keen on building on next year and, and, and what's going to happen next year and that sort of stuff. So that doesn't sound like a person who's leaving the club at all because he's, he's talking about the, the group going forward and, and how they're determined to – to have success, so required player, definitely required player. Oh, definitely now, yes. Uh, Andy McGrath probably was a, a victim of the last three games being out. He he probably would have come. I would say, look, if you're looking at the votes, he's only he's only 38 votes behind Merritt. Um, so that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, that it is quite a lot. So you got Ridley on 333, uh, Merritt on 308, Sard on 292. Langford on 281 and McGraw on 270. So there's a lot of votes uh, that you actually get per round. So he probably comes second or third if he plays the whole year. Um, yeah. But, you know, as far as uh, competitor, just a sensational year. It was definitely his breakout midfield year that we wanted. Another bloke that we couldn't ask for anything more. Like he he threw himself at the ball. He's not um, Ollie Wines. He's not built like a, um, a the proverbial outhouse. Um, but he throws himself at the packs and gets his hands on the ball a lot um, and has 
put his hand up through his actions um, to really be a leader in our midfield. So huge, huge season for him. And then bloody the injury hits him right at the end. Yeah, exactly. So the injury will only be another three or four weeks. So he'll have a full preseason. He'll only get better. I think he'll get a lot of confidence out of this year um, about how well he did. And he was in our top two midfielders for the year. Uh, no, easily. 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 Um, another young player, Darcy Parrish, coming in six, which is um, – he'll take – I mean, these guys are going to get a lot of confidence from these votes. Uh, so I was actually rapt to see this top six. This this top six or seven is is really, really good um, because it's it's the guys who are the next generation that you want to lead success That's through. exactly right. Yeah, it's I not mean, the – I mean, we, we when Smith came in and won the Crichton in his first year, we thought, yeah, look, that's great. Um, we've got a great player. He's won the Crichton and stuff. But we've always it's always nice to see the draft picks that we've been growing for the last three to four years start to step up and, like, poll well in these Crichtons and have breakout years like McGrath and Langford and – and Darcy's great. I love Darcy. Um, is he going to be um, a Brownlow medalist? Probably not. Um, but he is he's among the best midfielders that we've got, definitely the head of the of that second tier of midfielders. Just so to see him ranking highly in the in the Crichton, I have I'd have no doubt that he could have done it. It's really encouraging for that kid because that kid works hard. Yeah, and he's played half a season as a forward. So you've got to remember that yeah. too. So he, he played quite a lot of games out of position. Uh, so uh, I'm hoping that's a, another push to, to get him into that midfield and, and develop him even f- further. Almost have the McGrath year this year for, for Parrish next year. I'd love that. I'd love to see um, McGrath put his hand up. Sorry, um, Parrish put his hand up and say, no, no, not, not Andy McGrath's our number one midfielder. I want to be the number one midfielder. I want to be... I want to be with Dyson and Shield in the in the middle of the bounce. Yeah. Um, so he's I reckon he's capable too. Well, he's he's one thing his clean clearance work is uh, has so much improved. Uh, when there's a ball to be won, he, he's got a lot better and he, he's becoming a lot more reliable at winning the footy through hard work. So credit well, to him. He's nowhere near the forward line moving forward. Uh, we're just going through the top ten, by the way. Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Uh, coming in seventh. Uh, Again, effort. Yeah, and that's what you get from Waller, isn't it? I mean, he's 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 the leading goal kicker at the club this year, so he has every right to be seventh um, because he's kicked more goals than any other player in in the in the group of six up the up the front. So uh, Waller, you know, um, and look, this is probably a good time for me just to address a, a previous podcast. Actually, it's a good time um, with with Waller. You're going to get so much effort, um, and I, I look just quickly. I'm not going to make a too big a deal out of it. I mentioned last week on our main show just about the the appearances of of Stringer, and, and I threw in Waller's name as well. And it was probably my biggest regret because uh, Waller didn't deserve to be included into um, that that kind of view of the world without the context that came in probably even after the show, if I'm being honest, and, and and we learned a lot more and we were educated a lot more on where he's at. And and so uh, I guess my apologies for that and, and you know, I, I fully accept that. So I can move on from that and learn from that. Uh, you, 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 you do as a fan site just, you know, 
And that was probably the most emotional I've been on a, on a podcast. And, and that's the definition. <laughs> if I can speak for Scotty just briefly for a moment, that's about as fired up as you're going to hear the boy um, in a in a podcast. And took me by surprise. And I, I look, I, I'm I'm sat here right next to him on the lunchtime catch up podcast. So um, what he says, I say as well. And it, it uh, we didn't have the context on it. Um, we said it purely on emotion. And um, now that we do have that context. Um, we know that it's it, it probably wasn't the most appropriate um, call to make. So, like you said, Scotty, I think wisely um, we learn from it and move on. It's just this season has got us both fired up. We yeah. uh, I think you can yeah. you can go back and look at the other seasons of what we've done. And apart from the odd fire up and Scotty's <laughs> dark room uh, podcast from a few years ago, um, we don't get that fired up. And I think winning, losing eight and drawing one and winning one just got the better of us really. <laughs> yeah. It was a bit like that. And I, you know, obviously we addressed hookers sacking and then I was, and that really did hurt me uh, as a fan. And, and, you know, obviously you mentioned a whole lot of the stuff and it just was, it was a roller coaster ride. And, you know, a lot of those, you know, some, a lot of those things I actually don't take back. Um, I believe that. And, but on this occasion for that specific sort of narrative with, with Waller, I definitely, that was a mistake. So uh, moving on. So Waller, anyway, he, one thing I love about Waller is he's the most obvious player to know that he cares so much about his teammates. Uh, and, and he desperately tries to get guys into the game, into form. He, he sees, he sees, it feels like he's a character that, uh, or a personality that sees everything around him and, and knows when guys are down or up and, and he tries to 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 help for the greater good of the team and, and he has a good awareness but Walla in all in all seriousness uh, outside of Ridley is the most gifted with ball in hand um, as far as thinking through the game he has a very high football IQ uh, Jimmy Stewart um, owes him a few beers at Christmas from getting hit lace out um, from Waller getting the ball sort of closer to the centre, running to half forward and hitting Jimmy Stewart running out of the forward line or running back into the forward line. So, yeah, ex- exceptionally good with ball in hand. Yeah, so, look, he- he'll be, uh, you know, uh, he'll, with each year of experience, I expect – Waller to to keep growing and getting better. So I think uh, it'd be, you know, he'd be a big one for me for 2021 to even take his game to another level. I I genuinely do think there's another level for him to go because he's so talented Um, uh, and and, and it'll be exciting to see because he'll be, uh, he'll be really moving to across to being one of the leaders of the club. Like he's been there now that sort of, I'd say six years, seven years, maybe yeah, five, six, six years. Maybe. So he'll be moving to that kind of leader role with with the merits and the and even McGraths and um, and the stringers, um, that kind of age bracket where they're going to be leading the the eighteen to twenty twos. So yeah. so yeah, but he's got that character where that, I think that would just develop naturally. He speaks in actions as a leader very very well. So yeah. uh, all credit to him. Devin Smith had. Uh, who was number eight, definitely had, if he was honest with himself, I'm sure he's saying, I had a very indifferent year. 
my last six games, sure was, you know, I probably found a little niche for myself and in the back half and started to really pick up form and get some confidence back. I think the key for that is that we'll, I hopefully will move into next year because it, it just puts him in a better headspace into the off season that, you know, he found some form back. But he look, in, in being completely honest, as a, as a fan podcast, his first seven or eight weeks was probably not the Devin Smith we used to. Uh, granted, he was coming off long-term injury, so I I do get that as well. So, uh, number nine, Will Snelling. Now, Will Snelling is good on him, man. Good on good, him. Good on, Will Snelling on social media. I I, I probably um, I, I see the you know he got, he seems to have the little bit of the love or hate. This is how I see Will Snelling. I always feel like within every team, there's two or three players that have a really particular role that the coach says, I need you to do this every week. This is the, out of all the things, Will, I need you to pressure and put, you know, put a lot of, um, I'm going to say the word again, pressure on the, on the opposition when they got the ball from, from the forward half. I need you to be manic in, in how you, just keep running and running, presenting, giving us an option. And I thought he did it really, really well. Like I, I thought he did that role uh, really, really well. So all, all credit to him. He's, he, he's won himself a spot off his own bat. And, you yeah. know, to be in the top nine, uh, you know, uh, granted there's a lot of injuries <laughs> this year, so it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, but all credit to him. That's that's the coaches saying that, not, not fans. That's the coaches saying, hey, I respect the role that I asked you to do, and you did it. Um, probably the most controversial. Uh, <laughs> are you taking a photo of me on Zoom? So I just took a photo of <laughs> that. Was weird. It was supposed to. It wasn't supposed to make that noise. Uh, I just took a photo of uh, of us doing the podcast uh, to advertise it uh, on Facebook and stuff, and it made the camera noise. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> it's funny how you put a camera to the the microphone. How it clicked. Um, yeah. Sorry. Isn't that weird? Yeah. Uh, look, number 10 is probably the most controversial, right? So it's Dylan Shield. And I had four people text me saying he's going to win for sure. Easy, hands down. And I mean, I obviously said, I think I had him coming seventh and I had a few people going, what? You know, yeah. Scott, you never rate him. You never rate him. Um, I, look, I obviously do rate him, but um, he clearly, and even by these votes, right? This is the coaches talking. He clearly has deficiencies. Um Running and com- running and you know clearance work uh, and and chasing is not one of them, but probably ball in hand and decision making is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and it's just that's just reality. And I, I, you know, I think he would be a little bit shocked at the votes. I mean, some had him winning the Brownlow after round three. It was probably three best on ground. Yeah, he was, so it, he was. I understand about definitely. I understand the confusion, but it felt like that suspension really wrecked him like I, I don't I don't know he just mentally came back a, a different player like he was absolutely destroying everyone in that first three rounds and then yeah that that two-week suspension seemed to really put him on the back foot uh and just could not recapture yeah I mean he had little moments but um probably the last game I thought he was actually not too bad and 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 even him kicking that goal in the last game in the last quarter that's just something he needs to introduce him he needs to have the confidence to start kicking for goal more. We yeah. need we need some goal kicking midfielders. Actually, it's just something. Yeah. That, um, 
Doesn't everybody? We're crying out for him, which is why, which is why Langford sticks out like a sore thumb sometimes, doesn't he? Yeah. Because he he drifts yeah. from the wing to the half four, and he's and he's kicked. He's probably third or fourth in our goal kicking tally. So, um, as a mid slash half forward. So that was the the top ten. Just to go through quickly the the club awards, and then we'll go to a break. Uh, the Bruce Hinesman best clubman clubman. Oh, it is clubman. Carl <laughs> um, Langford, um, Adam Rascu. Adam Ramanaskis, most courageous player. Andrew McGrath, I, I think that's very true. That's absolutely true. Uh, Matthew Lloyd, leading goal kicker, uh, is Waller. Uh, congrats. Did they say how many? I think he kicked 19. Okay. That's not a lot. <laughs> no, it was an indifferent year, wasn't it? We had forwards yeah. coming in and out, left, right and centre. And and to, to um, give Waller a, a bit of a pass to, he probably had a – he probably had a midfield that kicked it to him a little bit too high for his own oh. for his own liking, as we right. pointed yeah, out in the show. <laughs> yeah, if, was, if 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 Waller was uh, was Joe Danaher's height, then yeah. maybe. But yeah, no, that was. I always feel like Roller would actually good. rather you kick it two meters short than two meters high because he could do something when the ball hits the ground easily. Like yeah, that's that's a that's an easy thing. Just kick it. Try and hit him in the belly button. If you <laughs> yeah, if you miss it, it's going to go along the deck, and he's just as uh, just, just as deadly. dangerous there. Yeah. So, but yeah, that that poor bike had more balls dropped on his head. The defenders, <laughs> like seriously, if you drop the ball on Waller's head, and I was standing behind Waller, I could punch the ball <laughs> away from Waller. Well, you're six foot three, so yes, you could. But well, yes, there yes. is that. But the poor the poor guy is trying to back back into packs and take marks and stuff. So, but that's right. next, next season that won't happen. Yeah. Um, uh, the rising star, Lindsay Griffiths, rising star, Sam Draper. Obviously, that's exciting. Easy. Yep. Uh, most improved player, Gio Wonder, the Crichton medalist, Jordan Ridley. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Langford, not far beyond. Uh, John Kilby, trainers and staff award, uh, Martin Gleason. So all the trainers love Martin. So um, oh, nice work, yeah. So that's kind of a uh, our little wrap up. Uh, I'm going to go to a break because even at the um, Crichton, there were some. Comments made, some speeches done. So I think it'll be a good time to have a chat about those and I'm going to play a few clips. See you after the break. Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, what were you uh, you're talking about some clips, Scotty. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about uh, Essendon Football Club and, and it's been uh, a lot happening. Um, uh, you know, it, this, we're never shy of being in out of the media or in the media. Uh, we have a – I think we have almost like four stories written every day. <laughs> so it yeah. feels like there's a lot happening off-field uh, and – I just thought I'd try and sort of get a, a bit of sense of everything. And one thing I want to start off with at the Crichton Medal uh, is have a chat about Xavier's uh, speech. So I want to play a bit of it. Uh, so have a listen. Moving into our next phase under leadership of Ben. Ben is well qualified. He's well prepared. He's passionate about the role ahead. He will leave no stone unturned in creating the best version of this team and its players and staff. He's determined to continue to build on the connection and the relationships within the club, the game style that he believes in, that we believe in. 
can deliver the club success. Over the coming weeks, we'll also formally welcome incoming president, Paul Brasher. Paul, like Lindsay, is incredibly passionate. He's not motivated by ego or the simple privilege of just occupying such a significant role at the club. He, like Ben, is determined to bring the club success and Paul will ruthlessly pursue this. Make no mistake, we're not satisfied with the season, but we're driven to be better in 2021 and beyond. Ultimately, our people will be our competitive advantage. We must be a club that remains united and collectively driven for success. We want to deliver our members at the 17th Premiership. We're committed to doing that as quickly as we can. An uprising is defined as an act of resistance or rebellion, a revolt. Within this team, our players and staff, you can feel there's an uprising. Not in a negative way, but in a positive way. There is a determination building to break the status quo and take the next step. A weight of numbers is building, motivated to get better, work harder than before and achieve success. A fork in the road is a metaphor based on a literal expression for a deciding moment in one's life or career when a major choice of options is required. As a group, we have two options. Continue at the current level or raise the tide. Lift above, bring others with you and take us to a place we haven't been. This is a theme Ben has spoken passionately to this week. Our members are incredible, loyal, passionate people, but this year has been difficult on and off the field, and we know they're frustrated. To them, this is all a lot of words. They want to see actions. It's up to us to deliver on this, and I know we will. Now, that's the, the best tone Xavier's had for me for almost a couple of years, uh, where I thought, his one is right. It is all talk. And, and yet, Xavier, that's exactly how the fan base is thinking at the moment. But mm -hmm. I will acknowledge that the tone, and if you saw the clip on how we presented it, it was very somber. Uh, the tone was more aligned to reality <laughs> uh, and then he has done in previous occasions where I felt like he was talking a little bit to the players, a little bit to staff and a little bit to fans, like uh, where he talked about who's, you know, it's a fork in the road. You're either coming with us or you're not. And I kind of felt like if you're not, then go. Um, and that was, that was um, a more encouraging uh, speech, but like he said, it is words and he, a fan base is at the point right now, if I'm talking to the board, if I'm talking to Xavier right now, the fan base right now is is really needing actions and, and needing to see in reality um, because uh, I, I will say this, I felt like in during the week there was a little bit of over-the-top manipulative emotion trying to be put onto us uh, as a membership to, you know, grow on the heartstrings. And there must have been five or six very emotive clips that the, that you know, that the club brought out. And 
obviously two or three of them were very understandable because of the, the the cancer challenge round and that were they were fantastic but there was others that were quite emotive uh, in nature and at the start of the week I'm being honest feedback so if you're from the club this is just honest feedback I felt like I was a little bit trying to manipulate um, the narrative to us to grow on the heartstrings but I think as a fan base we're we're now really wanting um, uh, a reality. I, I think we're we're open to honesty. Uh, we're open to we're open to. I, I'm, if someone told me, "Hey, we 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 thought the list in two, at the end of two thousand seventeen was really really good and was going to push for top four and maybe for a grand final, and we just misjudged it. We just misjudged it. I would go great. I can move on from that." That's that's probably more reality, uh, and I just that's where I, I think it's okay to be honest to the fan base, um, and it's okay to to let us know that some things have gone wrong. We didn't get this decision right. We got this. You know, we know you. We know with the sponsors. We know there's a lot of things that you guys get right. We know the clubs in good hands, fairly in good commercially. We we know there's a, a, a we know our governance is at. You know, through that whole McKenna COVID experience, we know our governance is at a really, really good level. Um, it, it just showed up and it was like a shining moment for the club. We know a lot of things are get done right, but it's okay to actually say, you know, for on field, we just haven't got things right. And, and yeah, what do you yeah, grant? Your- mate, the, and I, I like your sentiment and I appreciate where you're coming from. And I think I agree with what you said about Xavier in that that was a good speech, right? Well done, Xavier. That was great. Um, the little bit playing on heartstrings. You've got to remember, though, that the there's a heap of people at that club who've put together a football club and presented players and, and officials and everything as part of a footy team. They have a marketing and communications plan. Like, don't don't think for a second that they sit there and go, "What are we going to do this week?" It's 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 part of a plan. Like they they put even just the the clubs messaging after a game when on the official website they their their answer was didn't go to plan tonight or didn't didn't go our way tonight they're never going to come out and say we got something specifically wrong because what that would be would be saying that like someone like John Worsfold didn't do things right or Xavier himself was oversaw decisions that weren't right no one's going to come out and and blatantly say that right so that's why I think this season and Xavier's words are, are perfectly okay and they're, they're, it's what you get at a Crichton medal because he's not going to walk out there and go, right, that was crap. Um, everybody's up in the air. I want everybody's resumes to be reapplied. Um, you're no guarantee of getting a job. Um, you, you're sacked, by the way. He's not going to walk out there and do that. He played the very, very uber-professional um, president, as you would expect him to be. CEO, sorry. Sorry, CEO, sorry, CEO, yep, um, that you would expect him to be. And the problem that I face now is that as a fan, he is right. There's nothing for us to do but wait. We have to give, if we're honest, we've got to give Truck and Carousella and Xavier and the incoming president the time to do something about this season. Because the season's been real bad. I, again, I lament the fact that we can't change things halfway through the season, but apparently we couldn't. Um, so we waited till the end of the season. But now we have to be 
in behind Xavier. We have to be stood on his right shoulder and say, there's nothing we can do about it. The season is what the season is. We just have to go with you again, Xavier. But the one point I would make to Xavier on that point is, if we do this, Xavier, if we, if, no, not if, that's the wrong thing to say. When, when we fall in behind you again, Xavier, and we will because we bloody love this club, we will fall in behind you and Dyson Heppel and Paul Brasher and everybody at that club, we will fall in behind you. Those that have the means will buy their memberships and all of those sort of things. Don't break our hearts again. Like, don't, don't, don't pump it up and say that we've got a, a, a good season and everything's going to happen next year and then present such a confusing performance on the field. I can, and this is where maybe Scotty's right, where you can say, right, we're going to, at this draft, we're going for youth. We know we've got some older guys. We're going to use them in the short term until the, they retire, but we are semi-rebuilding. It's going to be youth. Sorry, guys. It's going to take a while. That I would respect because then on the weekend, you'll look for Nick Bryan um, to take a mark and go, yeah, that's what you want to see. And you'll look for um, Mozzie to, to turn left, turn right, and you go, yeah, that's what you want to see, as opposed to we just lost by 30 points. Why didn't we win by 30 points? So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Xavier's speech. He is an uber professional dude, and you would expect nothing less at the Crichton. Never in the history of my time supporting the Essendon Football Club has his words of we're going to be much better and we know we have a plan that's going to drive success for the footy club. Never in all my time has that meant as much to me as it does this season because I'm hanging yeah. now, Xavier. I'm oh, well, really hanging I mean, for, um, yeah, for, the, for that improvement. I think even the board uh, and Xavier would know that the next two years is – you know, it's it's either make or break, right? It's you can't just keep having failure, or or there just has to be a natural turnover. Um, but you're right that you know, uh, uh, you know, the more I thought about, it, the more I thought, you, you know, whether fans like it or not, we just can't back Carousel and Truck because that's the you coach. Have to. Yeah. There's nothing more you can do. You have to back them, see how they go. Hopefully, the the narrative that this year was a, so disrupted that it, it set them right back. Uh, you know, you you got to got to well, okay, guys, you've got this off season, get it right, and, and we'll see how how we come out, and, and we'll see, and, and lot of the lot of the things we just want is is more just a consistent attitude. Uh, I mean, a, a lot of our <laughs> a lot of our performances actually came down to how we <laughs> our attitude, because uh, just switching off for half a game, uh, and it was so yeah. obvious. It was. Uh, it wasn't the the game plan only works if we're switched on for four quarters. Uh, Richmond are uh, from minute one to minute whatever hundred, they they're manic and they, that's what they do and that's how they win. And sixty minutes or, or thirty minutes of play doesn't cut it. So one thing they've got to address is consistency in in and and just their how they go out and 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 present themselves and apply themselves for four quarters. In a professional manner. Mate, absolutely. That's that's exactly it. In that the Xavier is the head of the club and he's well, one of the heads of the club, and he he can say those things. And I'm damn sure him and Truck looked at each other at the end of this year and went, Whew, that was uh that's not how I thought it was gonna go. Um, and then Xavier probably looked at one of his employees and said, I hope he said, mate, we can't do that next year. We just we just can't do that next year, whatever it was. Um, you're the head coach. You figure it out. 
but we can't do that again next year. And from a fan's point of view, I, I'd, I would back that statement up 110%. We can't have that perceived, and I know it's perceived because my fat ass can't run around um, <laughs> an AFL oval for as long as they do, so I can't say anything. But the perceived lack of effort and running and like five, 8.32 minutes worth of effort in the third quarter um, against the Ds, and then they can flick a half a switch and just put three goals on us inside of five minutes and just ruin that whole thing. So yeah. Um, yeah. Hope, hope, I hope he does. Sorry. I hope the club does what he says. Yeah, exactly. So what, I was just going to play another clip for you. And this is from Jake Noel from the age. And, and I really like Jake Noel, um, a really well researched guy and, and knows our club. Well, he made comments this week, uh, as in, as in, it was earlier today, so probably a lot of people, because it's not a famous podcast, a lot of people wouldn't have even heard this. And I thought, uh, this would, this is a really good discussion. And it, look, it's centering a little bit around the older players, and there's obviously uh, a lot of talk about Hooker and Hurley and, and with the Bell Chambers. Um, I mean, the, the, I'm, a, you know, I'm not saying it's a rumor, but the story goes that, that Hooksy was upset. Um, with the coaching group um, and Hurls as well, that Bell Chambers didn't get a send-off game. I think Truck had a view that he probably wasn't physically right to probably play that game. I think the other guys thought um, it didn't matter. You could just play him for a half, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and I believe then Truck said, okay, you know, Belly, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a game. Then I think Belly thought well, it was... Actually, what happened, well, what I believe I understand is that Hooksy and Hurley didn't like that decision, so they went up the chain um, and up the chain spoke to Truck and then Truck said, all right, fine, they can get a game. And then T-Bell, sorry to interrupt what yeah, you're yeah. saying, yeah. T-Bell basically just said, no, I don't want it to be an afterthought. Thank you. Yeah. So it is a whole range of emotions that because <laughs> you've got, you, you is a, is a, it's an interesting view. You've got club leaders you got players demanding that the coach play someone and then you got the coach being pressured into and then the club in a sense caving into the players. Uh, there's a whole narrative around that that I could go for a 50-minute podcast on why that represents the club. Uh, and I think everyone knows exactly what I'm meaning about what, why that situation um, is a, a micro look at uh, things that go wrong at our club mm -hmm. uh, because – whether you agree or not, the coaching selection makes the call. That's now, it. Yeah, you can, yeah, you, can right. you can be angry at Truck and, and Wusha um, for not doing it, and you have every right to be. Um, but if once he makes that call, no one should override it. And no the one. thing is, it's not just Truck sitting in a room going yes, no. It's there's a selection committee. There's the whole thing, right? So the club has made the decision and. Well, the, the 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 relevant authorities within the business has made the decision, but yeah, again, you're right. We'd, we're trying to be a bit more positive, but if we if we wanted to, we could say that that is a very nice little microcosm of where yeah. we're at. Um, with also with Backman trying to play in the forward line before they retired as well. So that was very interesting. Now, it, the the most important thing for Truck is to have command of the playing group, but also let them know I'm the boss and I make the call. Um, and I expect you to to play at a high level, no matter if you're playing, you think out of position, you you know, or anything like that. I'm the guy in charge, uh, and you're getting paid 
to do that role and I, I expect professional output. And that's, I think, that's where I think the club needs to make a stance. Yep, and, and, and the club needs to make a stance in this draft and in trade period that if you're not fully committed, um, then I, it's probably best we part ways. Like it's, it's just we've got to move on as a club and we've got to have a group of guys that are fully committed, fully driven. And and that's so I know I can implement a game plan that's going to be 100% taken up. Uh, so if you're on board, if you know what my vision is, you know what my game plan is, you've got to be 100% on board. If you're not, tell me now. We can address it. That's we, wish, it. we wish you all the best. Oh, well, we can address it. I can try and get you on board. I can let you know the reasons for what I did. I can try and um, get you to understand my, my plan. But if you can't or you don't want to, it's just like anywhere, man, if you can't change the people, change the people. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a bit like that, unfortunately. No. And look, so just going back to Jake, now I will play this clip. This is a little bit around that. They were discussing this topic, um, but then they're just discussing the recent history with Essendon and how they, how they've got to this point of having um, on-field struggles. So I think you'll find it so interesting. I did anyway. They were so sensitive and rightly sensitive yeah. I, to the broken I, faith with the players yeah. that they that had served the suspensions that yeah. I think that they, players like Hurley, Hooker, they got a, a year too long, a season too long each, yep. and there was some compensation there for what they did to them. Yeah, look, this was a – this. I, I feel sorry for Essendon in one sense, really feel for, the, for a lot of people at the club in that whatever they did, they were in trouble. There was a fork in the road in 2016. I remember covering this at the time. Kyle Hooker gets a massive offer from the Fremantle Football Club. Five years, upwards of 800000 getting up towards a million dollars. He got this big offer. If he goes, they're going to get pick two in the draft as a free agent. They're probably going to get McCluggage or someone of that ilk with Andrew McGrath. They can do a rebuild. Hurley may have gone with him. There was a feeling at Essendon, very much a feeling if Hooker goes, a few blokes are going to go, including Michael Hurley. And we're in a rebuild. They're in a big rebuild. And everyone's going to say, look what they've done to these guys. And now they're just cutting them adrift. It, it, it looks very brutal. They went a holistic. They went club building. They went healing. And that attempt to heal, they may well have overcompensated. And in overcompensating, they haven't been hard. And in not being hard, they haven't made hard decisions. And not making hard decisions, they've ended up where they are. And they've done that to John Worsfold. They didn't want to just cut him adrift. They didn't think he was the right coach. But they didn't want to be brutal with John Westfold out of respect for him as a person for what, again, they owed him a debt, just like they owed these players a debt. Mm. And I think that's reverberating right till now, but they've not been able to get this blend right of, they're in a difficult position in that whatever they did, they were going to potentially go the wrong, uh, overcook it either way. I think that is one of the best things said about the Aston Football Club this year. That when that, I heard I think that, that sums it up perfectly. When I heard that, I went, "That is exactly what has transpired." Uh, and you know, I could talk three hours on that, but uh, I, it kind of speaks for itself. So I'm not going to do too much narrative around it. But that, to me, is when people talk about Essendon being too much of a nice club. That's the that's what's come out of all those decisions because it's been a very respect to the guys in the saga, respect to Wusha, um, and out of that hasn't 
hasn't driven a hardline culture that they've been able to preach to the younger guys, I think anyway. Uh, and out of that has become a quite soft club, if I'm being honest. And now bloody, they're bloody now they're tough gig for Xavier. Yeah, tough, tough gig for Xavier. And yeah, mate, you say this, he's right. There's no winner. Like each, if, uh, if he, you know, honestly, I would have gone nuts if if he cut those saga guys and said we don't want you and not like that. Obviously, he wouldn't have said that. But like, if we're sorry, we need to rebuild. We're going to trade you. The fan base would have gone nuts because that was the emotion after that 12 month suspension and just for the club to say, no, we've got to rebuild. You know, we were all, most of us would have been up in arms. So, and he would have been almost, you know, <laughs> what I mean, pitchforks to the hangar, you know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so he, he was in a no win situation, but you do have to recognize that those steps, though have us with a culture that we have now that they're now probably this off season for the first time have to address and correct. And they probably hopefully have a bit more understanding of, of the urgency of correcting that. Um, and, and that, that plays into a little bit of even just that belly moment, just the, Oh, respect, you know, we've got to respect belly. You got to do this. The club says, Oh, okay. You know, so understand that whole mentality uh, of what's happening uh, and maybe what needs to be addressed. And it's not a cruel hard line I'm asking for. It's just a, guys, you know. More hard line. We've just got to, yeah, we're in the business of winning winning premierships now. So, um, You know what? I reckon giving giving our older players, and you don't even have to name them, giving our older players um, a level of credit that they've bloody well earned over their entire football careers I reckon if you had those honest and open conversations with those older veterans, um, I think if you said to them, all right, guys, I know this is probably what the last year or the second last year of your of your careers where you probably um, would have been hoping for a little bit of success just before you left or that window that we were apparently in. Um, but you could almost say to these guys and treat them professionally enough to say, okay, so we're not, it didn't happen. We're not there. Yep. Sorry, guys, what I need from you as the leaders of the club is within the next two years that you're here or one year or whatever it is, we need to start implementing a more vicious uh, game style and yep. uh, way of working within the club. I reckon if you said that to those veterans and said, we need you to help us. I know we needed you to help us after the saga and I know it's been tough and, and all of that sort of stuff. But if you were honest with the veterans and said, give us these next couple of years to help us really turn around the culture at this club, um, we really need your help with it, I reckon they'd do it. Yep. Uh, look, just quickly, Tim Watson also was asked about uh, the Essendon culture. I'll just quickly quickly pay you that clip as well. Is there some turmoil at your old footy club? I think there's unrest. There certainly is unrest. But there's, I, I think there's always unrest when you underachieve as a group um, and then you've got to exit sort of senior players. I think that that can lead to unrest. And I think there is, there was certainly heartache around those that have been long-term teammates of Tom Bell Chambers. And that's real? Yeah, that's real. Yeah, should players. They, should they have given him a game? I think they should have, yeah. I right. saw in the interview at the weekend that um, 
Ben Rutten, when he spoke to Robbo, he said that, you know, he'd had a disrupted year and his conditioning wasn't there. And I don't think his conditioning is there. But, but you know, when you can't make the finals and you've got a servant, a long-term servant of the football club who's done the hard yards with your team, then I think it's just a nice way to exit a player. And if you exit players well in this game, then there is a level of gratitude that is then... Reciprocated. Reciprocated, and it spreads through the group too in terms of how you treat your players. And so I think that that can lead to unrest. And in this instance, because he's a very popular bloke there, Tom Bell Chambers, particularly with those guys that have played with him for a long time, and there's a number of those blokes, then I think that can lead to unrest. And Kyle Hooker. So that's... That's, uh, I mean, that's the, the hard part about being a club, isn't it? There's going to be so many different opinions, so many different takes on what they should do, what they shouldn't do. Um, Watson's obviously, you know, obviously a, a famous player and, and has an idea of culture and what to do and how to send off guys. And so he obviously has his firm view of like the best way was to actually have And, and his view would be a bit, a bit more old school than most people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so it's an interesting time at the football club. Uh, uh, I, you know, I, I, I'll be very honest. I have no idea what's going on. Uh, I, 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 I think fans are fearful of, of, you know, of behind the scenes, everything's in chaos land. Uh, I, you know, I doubt that's the case because of the, the, some of the people at the, at the club, but, um. But there, there is genuine concern and there's tension with the fans on on all the you know the media rumors that are happening and and, and why why do you think that, Scotty? Like like we're we're a pair of fans. What and I'll ask you a direct question: Why why do we feel like there's conflict with the with the fans or confusion with the fans? Uh. I, look, it comes back to probably a point I made probably about 15 minutes ago. I, I think the club um, have communicated um, really poorly this year. And I think... That's I, it. That, I, that's the thing I was, I was I, hoping you were yeah, going to say. Yeah. I think the, the reality they're trying to tell us is so far removed to the reality that we're seeing visibly. They're um, trying to manage their, um, their PR, Scotty. It, it sounds like they're trying to manage their PR. They're, and, but they're, yeah, but they're, they're doing it without any subtleness. And, and you know, I, I think previously fans may have gone, oh, yeah, sure, you know, we're, we're in for the ride. And, and around the saga, that happened a lot, you know, like, yeah, we're, we're all on board. Uh, but it's 2020 and, and it's a little bit too obvious this year. And, yeah. and I, I, you know, personally me, you know, with John Worsfold, the, the constant – mixed messaging on we'll be, you know, we'll be really good really quickly and oh, no, we'll be good in three years. Um, you know, we could win the premiership this year after round three and 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 it's just been a little bit all over the place. Uh, and, 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 and it doesn't give you confidence to go, well, what is the reality? Like, because the reality is what I'm seeing live is is a shell of a football club uh, that, that can't, that can't play uh, a, a, a brand of football that's recognisable to anyone, uh, and, that's, and that's 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 it. That's, that, a, that's my whole point. Well, why is there frustration with the club? And it's if we can see it, and and we're saying it live. If anybody's listening from the club, that's it. It's the communications. It's the look. 
after the game, the beautifully um, prepared photo of um, of a player in the game that we just lost with the score underneath it and a, a little caption on Instagram saying, uh, wasn't our night tonight, boys, or um, tough, tough game or whatever it was, beautifully curated by the marketing department is mm. fabulous. Right? That, that's all good things, right? And they're going to continue to do that, and I love it. But for pretty like we think we didn't say much during the first few we lost in a row and then the next few we lost in a row we started to get a little frustrated but when you've just lost eight in a row I can't help but think that other clubs would have come onto the front foot a bit more like the coach would have teed off on the players publicly or if you wanted to keep the, the fans more involved and more understanding what's going on if we are going to be a very good side very quickly what you did made no sense because you didn't talk to us. The only thing we had left to figure out how we were going to become very good very quickly was performances on the weekend. And, and it absolutely yeah. flew in the face of everything John said. And, and when we did let lose that kind of eight in the last 10 games, I never felt like the club read the room well uh, as far as they, they were so headstrong on this transition and what Bush's role was and only he's going to communicate and only Truck's going to coach but the the fan base was desperately wanting to hear from the coach in 2021 as well as as Wusher to go, well, all right, we've lost five in a row. So, you know, this season's close to over. So this is a good time to have truck to reassure the fan base that I understand that things are, are not acceptable, um, but I am working on something and the players are – uh, believing in this and we will get there in the end. I just felt like they just they were ho- so headstrong on the process of the transition that the transition ended up being quite awkward at the end because they needed to read the room a bit and have some flexibility in how they could communicate and have various people communicate, have have the president communi- communicate for a, a nice change and 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 that just just didn't feel like they read the room right and and, and felt like we were down to one person doing the narrative and and that narrative was so glossy and so we're gonna be we'll be right and we'll be really good and that, you know, after the fifth or sixth loss in a row, I I'm not sure fans <laughs> were on the same page. No, um, and it, I know you, you 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 chuckle as you say that, but that's the really important part. It's it's that's the really important part. We had no the 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 what you were saying did not make, um, uh, match the performances in any way. It wasn't even like we had like the only time that it kind of matched the performance is in the first half against Hawthorne. Mm. Like I was in the Hawthorne. Who, who do we absolutely, sorry, the second half. The second half of um, Hawthorne, yeah, yeah. Second half against Hawthorne, sorry. Um, was where we just, we played brilliantly. We played out of our skins and stuff. And if you were just going to leave it to how we performed on a weekend, then there you go. That's all the information we needed to see. So we all left that game going, yeah, baby, we are capable of doing that. And then we lost the next five games or whatever it was from there. So you you can't just rely on our performances to give us some sort of of um, a some sort of thing to look forward to. Yeah. When the performances are that bad, you need to get your messaging right to be able to say this is unacceptable. This is not the right way we need to do it. If Xavier is clearly capable of standing up at the Crichton and saying it, then jump out in front of the cameras at the at the hub and say, I'm talking to my, my football department. Mm. He may then just probably not talk to his football department, but 
it shows him it shows the supporters that we're that they're listening to us and that eight in a row ain't good enough. Yeah. Or eight out of the last ten. Uh so let's go uh to a break. Uh we've obviously got our we'll talk to our sponsor, we'll wrap up the show. Uh, yes, we've got a sponsor. And we do have a sponsor. Uh speaking of finance. Uh speaking of finance. So let's go to a break and we'll be back soon. Welcome back to the nice song version of the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. Now then, um, speaking of our sponsor, Scotty, our sponsor, as everybody will have known over the last few weeks, we and well, this year, basically, we have had um, Steve and the guys and girls down there at uh, Speaking Finance. Speaking Finance primarily are finance brokers. They specialize in personal and business loans. Um, if you're looking to... Um, to grow your business during this COVID time, if you need to refinance, if you need to, um, uh, if you need to look at mortgage loans, the guys at speaking and, and girls at speaking finance can um, can absolutely help you out there. They um, uh, they have uh, they're available. You can get them via their um, Facebook page. Um, <laughs> you have also got speakingfinance.com.au. Um, talk to uh, Steve and his uh, and his team down there at Speaking Finance. They can absolutely help you. Thanks. <laughs> this is the uh, so far our, our best plug we've done this year. I know. Uh, I can that see your face. I'm sorry, Steve. There's nothing worse than having a script in your head than forgetting half the script. So, uh, I know. Uh, yeah, Steve, obviously, you know, I know Steve well. Uh, really, really nice guy. Um, the, the, the guys and, and ladies down there, the, if you're a girl, you can speak to a lady. If a guy, you can speak to a guy. They, they're, they're, um, they're a great team down there. They, they love the Essendon Football Club. So, yeah, definitely, as Grant said, the best way is to go to Speaking Finance at their Facebook site. Just send them a message and they'll reply ASAP and, and help you out. So uh, we've, we've obviously still got a loan for the uh, extension for the for the hangar. So I'm sure anyone at the club is welcome to call Steve to finance that rest of that extension. So uh, that, would be, that would be very interesting. Steve, I reckon he would take that call. Um, can you imagine that? G'day, Steve. Yeah, it's... Um Steve's receptionist. Yeah, hi, it's the Essendon Football Club. They want to discuss refinancing the hangar at Tullamarine. Does that mean anything to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put that one through. <laughs> Put that one through. G'day, Xavier. Yeah, g'day, Steve. Um, we need to refinance the hangar, mate. COVID's hit us pretty hard. Reckon we can help you out. So uh, that we look forward to that phone call happening. So thank you very much again to uh, the guys at Speaking Finance. They've been our, uh, our major sponsor all year. They'll continue through till the end of the year with us. So thank you very much. Now, I want to shout out a massive thank you to everyone. We got such a massive response to our Premiership Reunion um, uh, podcast. It was it was released on audio and uh, YouTube. YouTube, we're still fairly new to. We do have a channel, so check us out on YouTube. But uh, we got, I think we're up to about 1,300 and something uh, YouTube views. So that's a bit of a first for us. Uh, audio obviously had our big numbers as normal, but it was good to see People go to the video streaming as well. Yep. Uh, so, look, it, it, uh, if I could tell you some of the stories that we had before that show started, <laughs> some of the rudest jokes I've ever heard in my life. Uh, oh, I mean, they're, well, from, they're from, from, one, from one footballer, uh, and I think you know who that footballer is out of the five yeah. of who was cracking right. rude jokes. But it was – I literally – it took me about 10 minutes to start the show because I was – 
too much laughing. Uh, oh, uh, mate, John Barnes, and we're talking about John Barnes, right? John Barnes is now my spirit animal. Seriously, <laughs> I, I want to be John Barnes so badly. There is a bloke who just, he is the, the most deadpan, hilarious bloke you're ever likely to meet. Um, I'd love to say that he's probably listening to the podcast tonight, but he's not. <laughs> he's not. Um, the other players pretty much let us know that no, he's he's not exactly uh, tech savvy. Um, again, <laughs> one of the funniest things that geez, I wish we could have taped it was having um, Sean Wellman <laughs> ringing John Barnes on his mobile and helping him help desk his way into a Zoom call. Um. That and just the the way these boys uh, interact with each other after twenty uh, odd years um, is just was incredible pleasure to be part of. And I know those boys have probably done a million of those interviews. And um, to to each other, they're just they're just the boys, really. That's just the that's just Barnsey and that's just Welly and yeah. and JJ and that. But the way they interacted with each other and the 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 time and effort that they put into their little little podcast that we put together was incredible. So if you want to check out just Scotty and I, frankly's best moment in doing this entire podcast, um, the lunchtime catch up podcast on YouTube. Um, and we've released it on all the audio uh, platforms as well. Yeah. Just a fantastic, go check it out. If you haven't, um, if you haven't heard it or, or watched it on YouTube, please go check it out. It is naturally, it's even funny. Just, just the, the actual podcast itself, Barnsley was still cracking jokes. Um, <laughs> but I mean, so nice of those guys, uh, Sean Wellman, obviously being a, a, a director at the club, very, very kind of him to, to take up time and, and, um, and, and offer his thoughts. So uh, thank you to everyone. Um, uh, that was just a magical moment. So what happens now? So the draft. Hey, Scotty. Yes. Hey, Scotty, what happens now? So now we've got the draft and trade. So haven't we got some trade and draft room? Now at the moment, there's a meant to be a mass exodus having at an Essendon football club. And that's the, the narrative that uh, Hooker is likely going and Early's likely going and Saad's likely oh, going. Oh, my and, Lord. It's, yeah. uh, and Guelph is going because he, he, uh, he's not following Essendon on on um, Instagram or Instagram anymore. And Merritt's and now going because oh. he's not following us on Instagram. And, and, and I, I think we need to calm down a little bit. Um, I, uh, I, I won't say too much, but I don't, I don't think it's as chaotic as, as you seem. Uh, I understand the football clubs. People do get upset. Uh, like I get upset with my company sometimes. People can get upset. It doesn't mean they leave. Uh, you, you can talk it out and, <laughs> and you can work things through. So uh, uh, I, I don't believe the uh, mass exodus is in reality. Look, uh, I think the most concern uh, fans have, and if we're all being realistic, that Joey D it, it could go. And, and I say that with no information, right? But he's the one I, I feel like, as soon as he asked for some space from time to think, I, I, I kind of just felt like I wanted to call it out and say, okay, you've actually been 12 months at the club. So again, so I don't think you just haven't, you just start starting to think about it now. I think you probably know where you're going to be. Um, and I think it's best that you inform the club pretty quickly. And, and having said that, <laughs> I'd keep him. 
I'd keep him if he, oh, if he, he says if he wants offer. to stay. Yeah, he stays. Yeah, obviously, if, but if he wants to stay and he genuinely just wants to to nick off to a pizza for a, a holiday that he's earned, um, then go for it, Joey. Um, it's what he did last year. He he went away on his holiday and he came back and he made his decision. So, um, I I, 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 I mean, I'm worried though. I must say, I must admit, I think a little bit different this year. I don't I don't buy the going away and thinking about it. I think. You know, he's only played four games. He's had so much thinking yeah. time. I think, I, I think, my cynical side says, you know, underneath what's what's going on, um, uh, and you know, I, 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 I just don't have confidence um, in, in Joe this time, and, and I don't think I want to be bitten twice. Uh, I think most expectation from fans now is you, we're more prepared for him that he's leaving than not mentally this year. Uh, it would be much more gut wrenching in a weird way if a Saudi or, or anyone else kind of left, um, yeah. because it's a, it's a bit more out of the blue if that makes sense. So uh, and they're such critical players. I mean, Saudi almost is 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 as critical to Joe in the in defensive line uh, as Joe is to the forward line. So uh, let's hope some good news happens. Jordan Ridley today on SEN said he's he's looking forward for. A, for a long relationship with Essendon, so I don't think there's any issue that he's going to stay at the club. It was Cal Toomey always said it was it was close to signing anyway. Langford's obviously expressed his desire to to play on next year and in, in his Instagram post. So that's some good. That's some at least that's some encouragement. Yeah, absolutely. I generally feel that the under twenty five group is quite a driven group and all there together. So. Um, uh, yeah, so I, I think that's giving me a little bit of hope. Uh, I, you know, the guys like Draper and Rids and McGrath's Parish, Langford, uh, yeah. that, that kind of group, uh, I think are, are more united on success um, than any other group. Uh, so I hope they're, they're the ones that kind of almost become the leaders in, in a couple of years' time uh, and start really driving that. So I think, they're, I think they're getting impatient and they want to see some success. So... And that's again straight from the CEO's lips. That's what we're working towards. Yeah. So, as far as trade talk, you know, it's very hard to talk because, I mean, Essendon's linked. You know, you see a lot of Essendon forums, and they're connecting with Jeremy Cameron that they're in Jeremy Cameron's ear, but, and they're in um, Ben Brown's ear. But, I, you know, I, I don't have any information on that. I, I wouldn't be surprised because, but, but, um, uh, I must admit, I, I'm not. This personally, my view, I'm not that keen on it uh, because I think they're both aging players, and I, I think if, if you if if Joe ended up going right, it does set us back quite a bit, um, and there is a little bit of a, a mini rebuild to probably to happen. Uh, and I'm not Harrison sure Jones will get a game. Yeah, and I'm not sure the 29 to 31 year olds is the way to go uh, because you actually then have to ask the question: Are we going to have success in the next two years? And I just don't see that. From where we are today, as far as grand final, you know, as far as big, big success, yeah, we could get uh, a seventh or sixth spot if all goes well. But uh, what's the point, you know, if if you're going to put big money into these guys? I'd rather us personally. I would rather us draft. If we're going to get picks, if we're going to get Joey's pick, which is you know picks seven uh, in in the current status, so pick six and seven we would have. I'd I'd want us to use those. Get a gun tall forward. Get another ton classy mid and start building from there. There's forwards in this uh, draft, they say. Um, you've got um, 
Yeah, Harrison Jones. And we'll, yeah, Harrison Jones is a good player, so he'll be he'll be a good player. Yeah. So, um, but we should we'll obviously work towards having a bit of a draft overview. We'll try and get an expert on. Uh, I'm not saying I'm an expert because I normally keep involved, but I must admit because the the Victorian situation here, it's it's been very hard to understand how half of the group, you know, where they're tracking <laughs> because they're just not playing. So uh, we'll need to get a, a Cal or a Sam Landsberg or something like that. Um, onto the show to try and give us a bit more education on what's going around. Uh, so we'll try and, we'll try and work on that in the, in the next month. Um, before. Yep, absolutely. So that's about it from us. Uh, there's not much to talk here on trades. I mean, obviously everyone's talking about Brad Crouch. Um, to me, it's just what money he's going to, he's going to ask for is if he's asking for crazy money, then I, I probably would shy away from it. Uh, if he comes in at a reasonable rate, um, uh, then I, I'm not really, a, a, and I've watched his last three games and actually I've been quite impressed. He does a lot of hard physical work. Uh, I can yeah. see why he gets injured, but he, you know, and that's always the, the fear of him that he has a big injury history year. Um, sorry, I'll say that in English. He has a, a long history of injuries. That's the word. Oh, yeah. Well done. Um, but I, I'm not, I'm actually not too obsessed. Don't really have too big objections if you can get him for the right price, and you know if you can. Hey, if you if you can build a midfield, at the moment I think our you know if I'm seeing our midfield, I think we have a really good sort of four to six, um, but you know that sort of six to eight, I think we're quite weak on. Uh, and I, I've told mm-hmm. my issues with guys like Cutler and, and obviously Hibbard's been um delisted uh yeah. and by the way um obviously we want to acknowledge those guys begley uh much hibbard mckernan smack yep um oh who's the other one um uh, much hibbard smack begley and um, everyone's everyone's yelling it out so obviously yeah. obviously mckenna left obviously bell chambers left um Oh, I'm missing someone. Really obvious, aren't I? Keep, keep filling while oh, I check Google. No, Noah Gown. Noah Gown, sorry. Noah Gown. There you go. Um, Noah Gown. <laughs> everyone, everyone just, you don't have to scream through the podcast anymore. Um, yep. We want to obviously wish those guys all the best. And, and in all sincerity, I know we had a tough last big show, right? And we obviously spoke about John Worsfold. And that was obviously about a press conference and my frustrations. Um, but please don't um, mistake my understanding of 2016 and 17 and the good work that he did to stabilize the club. I, I, I felt um, during that week that, you know, once he's retiring, it was, uh, you know, I had that kind of gut feel like I know what I said, I really believed, but I also want people to understand. I, I generally wish him all the best. Um, he's obviously a very quality person uh, and, and a very highly regarded person in the football industry. So I, I wanted to make sure as a podcast we actually acknowledge that and, and wish him all the best. Uh, he sacrificed a heck of a lot to be away. He's away from his family in Perth. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you can see it in his emotion in, in last night in the Crichton when he, he's tearing up about being away from his family. So I, I generally acknowledge that and the sacrifices he's made for our club. So I, I want to make sure people understand that um, and, and – uh, and yeah, and, and it's with all sincerity that I wish him all the best, uh, and, and thank him for his time. Um, so from here on, we start talking about 2021. We'll yep. be wrapping up there. We'll go on to our drafts and trade shows. So it'll be, it'll be take a different flavor, the upcoming shows, 
um, and even our Patreon shows for those guys. Thank you again for our Patreons. But Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast on Patreons. Check us out. Yep. And they can actually, we haven't said this for a while on the socials. Where can they start catching us up? So, they can, mate, the socials, Facebook, we've got um, uh, the Lunchtime Catch Up podcast Facebook page. Um, it's going big guns, can, actually. It's really active, the, our Facebook page at the moment. I know, it's, it's uh, there's a heap of people um, I know, we've on had there, which heaps, is great. We've had so many cat chats and conversations now, and so it's been really good. Absolutely, we love everybody's opinion on that. Um, obviously, within reason, but we love everybody's opinion on that. <laughs> um, you can get us on Instagram. We couldn't get the lunchtime catch up pot. No, we can get that on the lunchtime on, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> on Twitter, I'm having can't. what's commonly known as a mare um, <laughs> on, the, on Instagram, the lunchtime catch up podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Twitter is the one where we couldn't get the Lunchtime Catch-Up podcast, so it's just Lunchtime Catch-Up. Lunch Catch-Up, yes. You said Lunchtime. Really? <laughs> you do it, you do it, yeah. Uh, so should we start that again? <laughs> Let's <laughs> do the whole podcast again. Um, we'll start the whole podcast again. Lunch Catch-Up uh, on Twitter um, and for the socials. The, and the YouTube channel, um, so you can... And the YouTube channel, absolutely. It's just Lunchtime, lunchtime Catch-Up podcast. Um, but yeah, Patreon. Come and check us out on the Patreon too because we, um, we love talking to you guys over there. Um, and you get some uh, some extra content, especially this. Uh, it doesn't. The extra content is usually the um, the team selection game and the post game reaction show. Um, but uh, obviously, we won't be doing those. But we're going to be uh, um, continuing with our uh, extra content for our patreons um, over the uh, trade and draft period and into next year. Yeah, and look, I did want to just acknowledge too that uh, David Rundle, um, who's our medical chief officer um, has resigned this afternoon. Uh, so I do want to acknowledge that and wish him all the best as well. Uh, obviously, there's going to be a, a few changes happening at the club. Uh, um, he obviously took over from Justin Crow um, as part of his – he took over part of Justin's role. Uh, so wish him all the best. He obviously gave us all the injury updates during the year. Um, so wish him all the best. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see – uh, what happens from here on the club? I think there'll be a few, quite a few things happening. <laughs> but, uh, one of the biggest, one of the biggest seasons we've ever said. Just a quick shout out to um, Jessica May, Amanda Edmiston, and Cheryl Rabin, um, a couple of our patreons that have signed up just recently. So thank you very much, guys. Yep. And now this is the lunchtime catch up. We're finally going to sign off. I feel like this has been uh, a very uh, long ending to the show, but uh, we're going to sign off now. Thanks, just guys. Just one more thing before we go. No, just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> Off we go. Thanks, guys, for supporting us uh, and for the positive feedback and look forward to talking soon. See you, guys.